Hey everybody, it's officially draft season, and we here at Upside Swings couldn't do what we do without Global Shop Solutions ERP software. Simplify your manufacturing by scheduling a demo at globalshopsolutions.com. Thanks again for listening. Hello everybody, and welcome back to the Upside Swings VA Draft Podcast, the podcast of the highest ceiling. I'm your host, Bryce Hendricks, joined as always by the wonderful Cooper Klein, and the next in our series of guests here to talk about the Miami Heat, the great Charlie Parker at C. Parker NBA. Um, we had him on last year to do our mock draft, uh, which was a, a blast. And I've really enjoyed Charlie's draft coverage for a while now. It feels like I, I feel like last year's kind of when he kind of blew up in the space a little bit. And I've I've messed with this stuff for a while. So Charlie, great to have you back. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, man. I'm excited to talk about a little Miami Heat, you know, this crazy run that they've been on. So it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. I'm excited. Yeah, of course, we're recording this uh, the day before it drops, as we do with most of these. And and the Miami Heat are looking to sweep the Celtics tonight. I, I We're going to record under the assumption that either they do or at some point they will beat the Celtics and uh, move on to the finals. So we will do a little bit of finals previewing and, and some fun stuff like that. So look forward to that. Coop, my friend, before we dive too into it, how you doing? I'm doing great. I've uh, been watching garbage high school basketball all day so that's kind of been taking a toll on my mental health uh, as as well as the the awful rockets twitter discourse but it's okay i'm, I'm excited uh, i love charlie's stuff and you know he's super fun to talk to one of, one of the goats so I, i'm ready to talk about a, a fun team that uh, is, is a lot different than we thought it would be when we were <laughs> when we were planning this podcast out a while ago so uh, let, let's hop right in who finally gets to talk about a real contender for the first time in his life. Uh, no, uh, let's, let's just talk. I mean, Charlie, as you kind of watched at, I mean, as we've all watched one of the most fascinating playoff runs in history, of course, they, they beat the bucks in five games. They get blown out in game two without Giannis. And you're like, okay, so this is going to go as you expect. And then it doesn't, they, they just win the series fairly easily. Um, and then you have uh, a, a really, Again, quick, felt fairly dominating series against the Knicks. And then, of course, they've just absolutely they've they've demoralized the Celtics, I would say. I mean, you were having Celtics fans. This team has made the the East Conference finals like four straight years or whatever, saying it's time to blow it up because we can't beat Jimmy. And it's it's really like crazy. It's 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 a crazy moment, it's a crazy run they're on. Charlie, what do you think the key has really been? And and do you think like the championship championship upside is real? Yeah, well, before I get into uh, the keys and stuff, it just felt like Miami's been the team that you're just waiting to lose the whole time. I, I saw a thing, I think the other day on Instagram, that was even when the Heat were two up in the Celtics series, the Celtics were still favored to win by like 65% or something along those lines. So everyone's just been waiting for them to lose and they just keep on chugging. Like after uh, – after Tyler went down in the Bucks series, you thought, oh, like, definitely not going to have enough shot creation to, to make it all the way. And then here comes Jimmy Buckets, just one of a kind. But, I mean, the two the two biggest keys, I think, have been super obvious. Or I'll say, I'll say three biggest keys, but obviously you have Jimmy Butler. Just special, special playoff performance this run. And then you have the best coach in basketball, which which makes a lot. It makes It helps a lot. It helps a lot. So having Coach Spo, that's like – I would say that's the number two after Jimmy more than any other player on this team. Cause I think coach Spo 
really adds so much value just with the scheming and rotations. And what he does is just muck the game up when his team's not that talented. And then number three, um, the third most important key has been the trio of Caleb Martin, Gabe Vincent, and Max Struess, which is something I think I would never say as the three through five best players on a uh, on a finals team. Um, but yeah, I would say those are the three keys on what's uh, buoyed this run that they're on right now. Yeah, absolutely. And and I would say it's it's been I I I think it's like it's hard to even describe, but some of the stuff that that they have done defensively. Um, as a unit, like pulling out zones and varying looks like possession after possession. It's not just that they'll sit in a drop for like eight straight possessions. They'll drop one possession, then they'll high catch, then they'll zone for the next four, then they'll hedge and like just consistently getting guys out of their groove. No one has ever looked comfortable playing this team. The Even like without Jimmy, Jimmy missed a game against the Knicks and the Knicks barely scraped by. They one I think I want to say they won that game by like three points or six points or something like that because of a last second Josh Hart three and it's just their ability to make everyone uncomfortable I, I feel like a lot of people are are now because the 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 Nuggets have swept the Lakers and and they will likely have the best player in the series you would say it, it feels like they're kind of it's kind of their time maybe but I I, I think it's important not right off the heat like like as you mentioned, they've been the team everyone's written off, and they're they're back again and again. So let's briefly talk about that, Charlie. How do you feel about a potential matchup against the Nuggets in the finals? I I mean, yeah, like uh, exactly what I said on on paper. It's like there's no way Miami is doing this again, right? Because I, I mean, I'm I'm fully in on the Nuggets, even going to this playoffs. That was my champ. That was my my championship pick because I'm just obsessed with Nikola Jokic. Um, really everything they're doing over there. But, I mean, you can't count Jimmy and, and Coach Bo out in any series. So I think it's going to be competitive, even if Miami doesn't win at all. But I think the series probably goes to six, potentially seven, even though on paper it looks like it should be an easy sweep um, in Denver's favor. But, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a good competitive series. And we'll see We'll see what more magic the, the Heat can cook. I mean, you never you never know. With a run like this, you really never know. I actually think there's a part of me that prefers the Heat, uh, just because I think they can vary the defensive looks enough. Um, I'm interested to see if, if uh, Mike Malone goes to Jeff Green over Aaron Gordon. I was uh, watching games and at least people analyze them, and they were kind of saying like, you know, Aaron Gordon won't just stand in the corner, and Jeff Green will. And sometimes you just need that. You just need someone who's willing to just stand in the corner and shoot the open threes. Um, I'm interested to see if they do that. I'm interested to see what their defensive strategy on Butler is because I think like KCB and Christian Brown and and I, I definitely don't think Aaron Gordon can get through enough screens to guard Jimmy, but I think KCP and Christian Brown might be too small. Um, obviously, like if it's just Bam on Jokic one on one, like I'm gonna trust Jokic there. Um, and then obviously Jokic beats doubles better than I, Jokic is the best player in the series, I would say. Um, and that's always gonna give an edge, but. I think Spo is probably the better coach, and I'm with you. I think it's going to be a super competitive six or seven game series. I might lean Heat slightly, but I, I, no matter what, I think it's going to be close. It's going to be competitive. You're going to see these teams really fight, and who who wins the clutch minutes might be the difference because every single game could be within five points. And do you trust Jimmy or do you trust Jokic, two of the most clutch players 
in basketball, who who are you leading? It's it's a tough decision. Coop, where are you at with with a potential finals matchup? Uh, I, th- I think it's kind of an interesting series because you think about it, it's like the best players matching up, and I, I I don't know if the Heat have an answer for for Jokic, but if anybody does, it's going to be Spolstra and his you know defensive havoc wreckers. It's like oh Jokic is going to kill Bam, whatever, but you never know. You know, if you have Jimmy Butler, Bam, and and the three, you know, the trio of of wings that were mentioned at the top, it's it's kind of you never know what Spo's going to pull out of his butt uh, during a playoff series. So, but I I really think it's interesting. How is Denver going to deal with Jimmy just constantly getting to the rim, like against every single person they can throw at him? You can't throw Christian Brown on him. Can't throw Bruce Brown on him. I don't think Eric Gordon, like you said, can navigate enough screens. Uh, I don't know who else on that. Like KCP is not strong enough to like stop Jimmy Butler from at least getting into the paint. Maybe he can stop him from getting like a wide open layup every time. But even if he gets that paint penetration, that's an automatic advantage. All those wings can really dribble, pass and shoot and, you know, make the right play there. They're all really quick decision makers. And they're going to punish any kind of, you know, defensive misstep. And I don't know if Denver can stay on that level of a string, at least like if, if Miami can, you know, win two games early, can, you know, can Denver keep punishing them? And I, I just don't know if that's there. I, th- I think my official prediction will be heat in seven because I, I I'm a hater. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll fully admit it because I'm a hater and I love Jimmy Butler. He's from Tomball about 20 minutes from where I grew up. So, you know, big, big Jimmy Butler fan, uh, go heat. It's impossible. Like it's like what I love I, I, one. I love all the like people complaining about ratings on Twitter. I think that's hilarious. Who cares? Like, it's like, I, I could not imagine caring about ratings for the finals or whatever, but also these are two of the most likable teams, like easy to root for. Obviously it's a nuggets team that has one of the most fun players ever that has really kind of done it the right way. Obviously they haven't had to make big, big signings. They've just drafted. Well, they've, they're well coached. They've fought hard and, and kind of had that pushback forever of Jokic can't win the championship. And now they're here. And then you have an eight seed who was one shot away from making the finals last year has a really disappointing season, but turns it up when it matters. It's, it's two fascinating storylines, two teams. I'm, I love, and I'm excited to watch play. But let's talk about the heat as a team in general. I think where they're at right now is really interesting. Obviously, had they not gone on this crazy run, we could be talking about, oh, you know, at what point does it make sense to start to blow it up? Like, is this a team that's just getting too old? There's no need for that talk now, obviously. The core pieces are Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. I think there are some questions with Kyle Lowry. Like, so so here I'll just I, I usually don't spend a ton of time on this, but I do think it's important to lay out a little bit of what this team's roster might look like next year. Kyle Lowry and Duncan Robinson are both making a lot of money next year. Um, and money that's probably a little more than they're worth, especially when you consider that two free agents are finishing games over them. Those two free agents are Max Struess and Gabe Vincent. Uh, both those players, they do have the the Heat do have bird rights on, but they are unrestricted. Um, and if they were to pay them, uh they would be deep, deep in the tax. So I, I guess, Charlie, aside from Bam and and Jimmy, who do you think like the true core pieces are? 
do you think we might see some 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 trouble in the offseason or do you think they'll do whatever they can to to really keep this group together from top to bottom yeah so exactly what you said uh at the top was just this conversation would be so different if this team was the normal eight seed who's not on a finals run right now right because if, if let's say they got lost in five to milwaukee game one and they had this core of I mean, at least financially, this core of Lowry, Bam, Jimmy, and Hero all making $25 million a year. You're probably thinking maybe it's time to blow this up, right? Maybe maybe it's time to um, to go another route. But now that you're on the finals, finals run, I mean, you have to go in on, on this core. They have Bam, Jimmy, Hero, and Caleb Martin all signed through 25, 26. So they have a, at least a couple more goes at it. And Miami, just like you said with um, – Struz and Vincent closing games and even Caleb Martin, they're able to find so many contributors just off the street. So I'm not worried as long as they have Jimmy Butler and Coach Bo and Bam and Tyler Heroes back healthy again. They're going to be able to find production, you know, where normal teams or average teams are not, if that makes any sense. So, yeah, building around Bam, Jimmy, Hero and Spo and then just filling in the edges where they can. Uh, I think it's it's the path that they have to go down over these next couple of years. No, I I think that's absolutely right. And just figure out where the value is. If you if you have to trade Lowry, uh, and, and we'll talk about potential trade options in a minute, um, you know, you do it if you feel like that's the best chance for this team. But I also, you know, a, a, an underrated guy here is Pat Riley, who I think has just generally done a great job. Now, do I love everything he does? No, but I I think it's impossible to deny that he's turned a team without a, you know, bona fide top 10 player, at least I would say Jimmy Butler is arguably there, but he's not like a a regular season top 10 player, you wouldn't say at the very least, into a team that consistently wins and and is a finals contender. Um, It's just, it's really, really crazy stuff. So let's talk about a couple trade options, specifically centering around pick 18, because if it, if there's like salary dumps, that's less interesting. But Charlie, do you think there's any potential trade up or trade back options? And if they are looking to trade up specifically, who do you think they might be targeting? I would say a trade back or probably a trade out even would be more likely than a trade up just because. I was looking at it this morning, and I think since 2019, they've made like four selections, like Tyler Hero, Nikola Jovic, and then I can't remember who the other two are, but they really – Miami does not um, stay in the draft that often unless they have kind of that lottery pick. But in a trade-up scenario, um, who would I like to see in a trade-up? I don't know where Bryce is going to go in the draft. I think 18 might be a somewhat realistic um, – possibility but that would kind of be my favorite fit you know if 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 they get intel that okc is going bryce at 12 them trading up to 11 to pick him up because i trust miami's player development program so much to bet on a player with bryce with the outlier touch and just his ability to get through his spots they can teach him to defend and they can put that miami mindset you know or whatever into his uh and to assist him, I think he could really thrive in a context like that. But I, I would be surprised with a trade-up just because they don't have a lot of assets, you know, on the fringes. And Lowry is kind of their only movable salary, and that's thirty million. So I don't, I don't, I don't see a trade-up, or really, I see a trade-out as the most likely possibility. But that, yeah, that's about it. 
No, definitely. And I think there's like, it's very realistic that they attach 18 to Kyle Lowry to get a team to kind of take his salary. Not that Kyle Lowry is like horribly negative salary, but just that again, as I mentioned with the tax concerns next year, Lowry is projected to make not projected. He will make uh 29 million, 29, six. Um, so very expensive contract. He's probably negative value on that. And at the heat are, I mean, the heat clearly do value Gabe Vincent more. I would say Gabe Vincent's been better. He's closing games for them right now. Um, Vincent's just so good. Never would have thought from that UCSB team that uh, Gabe Vincent would be the guy. Um, but, you know, really, really fascinating, fun player. Um, you imagine they want to try and keep him and Struess around, even though I do agree with you that they can probably find other options. I like, you mentioned Bryce. I think Bryce makes a lot of sense as like, as we move to this next thing, the ideal fit. Um, looking for guys at, 18 who are are what you're really hoping would fall there they would be a, a slight fall um I, the, he's not really a fit here but a guy that stands out to me as a potential trade-up guy is Kassad Wallace um just because I think the one thing like Pat Riley's done really bad was that he took uh Preston Achua over Tyrese Maxey and obviously Kassad Wallace to Tyrese Maxey is not at all a one-to-one but that Kentucky guard thing and Wallace just feels like a heat player. He's a complete dog on defense. One of the better defensive players I've ever scouted who has some like inklings of offensive talent as a mid-range shot maker, as a, as a really excellent decision maker. Um, I, I, he will not fall to 18, but you mentioned like a trade up to 11 or something like that. Maybe, maybe a trade with uh, new Orleans who had previously had interest in, um, in uh, Kyle Lowry to get Kassad. That's kind of a guy who stands out to me. Charlie, aside from Bryce, is there anyone who stands out to you as like a, a real ideal fit should they fall to 18? Um, So among players that I think are probably going to get drafted higher, but I would love if they fell to Miami, um, would be one Bryce and then Nick Smith and Kobe Bufkin as well. I'd love all three of those fits in there. And it's interesting because typically for these finals teams, you not that you at picking at 18, not that you want to go older or that you want like a more NBA ready player, but I'm very like the last couple of years of my scouting have been very sobering. Like I, I don't think rookies are good at basketball. I think if you're picking at 18, planning on getting a core rotation piece for the next season, or maybe two seasons after that is not necessarily the path, especially if you're passing up on the upside that Nick Smith and Buffkin provide. So I think getting those guys in the system and working toward the core not necessarily after Jimmy, but to merge um, merge the future um, with two guys with upside like that, that I think can also provide value, especially Buffkin, um, his first year. I think I think they both need to put on a little weight, um, Buffkin and Nick Smith, in order to just stay in their ground defensively at all. So maybe it doesn't happen year one, maybe it happens year two, but I think those are two guys who I think are going to go a little bit higher than 18, but I would love to see fall to Miami. Yeah, I love the the Kobe pick. That's that was my big one. I think just somebody who, you know, you get that guy in the gym with Kyle Lowry. I mean, <laughs> that's going to be an NBA superstar right there. Uh, I would if Dariq falls this far. I think just somebody who can really shoot like that, can really play off ball. Uh, just another guy who, like you talked about, can not like probably not be like a ma- a major massive rotation player year one, but can kind of merge the timelines, be given a little bit of a slower, you know, rollout if he's healthy, of course, play good defense, get good shots, move the ball quickly, attack closeouts. 
and and I think with all the injury stuff, he could legitimately just be there at 18. I would love to see them snag him. And even Colby Jones, who I know Bryce hates, just another big guy who can shoot the ball a little bit, make the right decision, play good defense, be switchy. Um, He's not like the same quick ball mover that a lot of those guys are, but just somebody who can come in and, and, and make good plays. Uh, could really be utilized by by a good coach like Spo. Man, Derek would be so fun here. That would be that would be my ideal ideal fit. Um, moving on a little bit to solid fits, there's a lot of guys who stand out here, as Charlie mentioned, because you just trust them to develop players. Um, I don't know exactly where the Brandon Podziemski uh, rise like brings him to. I think he's a comfortable first rounder at this point. I would take him as high as 18. Absolutely, I think. Uh, you talk about bringing in a guy who can run the point, make great plays, is a an absurd pull-up shooter who projects well as a spot-up shooter as well. Just, I, I think he can, you know, if you do lose out on a Gabe Vincent and, and you need to develop someone into kind of a backup point guard role, he can absolutely do that. And in time, maybe even start. Um, I, I think some people would say, is he redundant with Tyler Hero? I'd say no, because can you have too many like shooters who can put the ball on the ground and make decisions? Um, I, I don't think so, especially like one can play the one, one can play the two comfortably. It's not really a positional worry there. Um, the other guy I'll go with that I would just absolutely love is Leonard Miller. Miller is a, if he goes to the right spot, Miller could be like an all-star long-term. I really believe that. Now, what's his fit next to Bam look like? I don't know, but having two guys in the front court who potentially put the ball on the ground and generate rim pressure off the bounce that's pretty fun at, you know, who are both 6'10". Uh, I, I, I'm in on that. And then, and then the last guy I'll say actually really fast is Dayron Holmes. I think that Holmes goes super underrated. This team, like, the one weakness I would say they have is, like, backup center. Cody Sellers had to play a lot of playoff minutes, which he's been fine. I mean, good for him to, to find a spot where it seems like he fits and maybe they'll bring him back. But uh, I really like Holmes. I think Holmes could operate a lot of the same actions that they run with with bam and, and be a really good backup center uh very early in his career with also having the upside to um be a starter or be traded as starter value eventually um charlie is there anyone who stands out to you is like they're kind of in this range but you would you would be pretty happy should the the heat draft them yeah i mean you guys actually took my two top names with Leonard miller and derek i think those are incredible fits in miami and especially again, in a context where you trust the player development. Um, I think those are two great bets. And then actually, I'm not the biggest Gigi guy at all, but I think Gigi in Miami would be really fun. Just, again, part part of why I'm not a huge Gigi fan is just because I don't know how or what the best process is to develop him into the player I want to be. So I just would not, if I was drafting, I would not want the team with the task of, of having developed Gigi in the way I want him. But I think in Miami, that's that's a great fit. I like him next to Bam. Um, again, it might take a couple years. So this is – if you're going for a player who's going to provide value next year on the playoff run, obviously Gigi's not the pick. But I think long-term, he's, he'd, he'd be fun there. Even another little reach with upside, I would like to see Max Lewis in, in Miami. They need more shot makers more creation. He's obviously a little bit older for a player who's kind of a raw bet um, on shot making and creation, but I think he would actually be awesome if he fell to Miami and, and could actually provide value pretty early just with his length and shot making ability. So yeah, those, those are two of my guys that I think would be fun there. 
Uh, it's, I mean, there's a lot of names at 18. Like basically after like 18 is around where the draft opens up for most guys. Like you talked about Dayron. I think he would be a great fit. Just a, a change of pace big from Bam who can still accomplish a lot of the same stuff. But I would love to see them take TSJ, Terrence Shannon Jr. as well. Just somebody who can shoot the ball, mega athlete, add more of a transition attack. Uh, you know, really attack closeouts off of Butler and Bam's rim pressure and passing, keep the ball moving, keep the ball hopping, play okay defense. And I think just more wings who can do funky stuff would be great for Miami. You can't have too many of those. And I, I would love to see those two guys. Yeah, absolutely. Charlie, let's let's talk about some reaches, some guys who you could see potentially getting drafted here who you would who you would really not like. Who stands out to you there? So again, I'm I'm not the biggest fan. Like if they use this 18th pick and go a Chris Murray route or even Coop, I know you love Colby Jones, but if they go to a Colby Jones or a Chris Murray here at 18, that that's not a pick I'd be a fan of just because I don't buy I don't I don't necessarily buy that those guys are gonna be more productive year one than um a couple of other guys we talked about. And also I think long term the upside really does not rival the bet on a Leonard Miller or Max Lewis or even Pods. Pods is the one, you know, older guy that I would and Max Lewis that I would love to see in Miami. But then also a reach on Jalen Hood Shafino. I would not like to see at all. I'm I'm not a Jalen Hood guy. Um, I don't really buy him other than kind of like an off ball shooting wing who's fine defensively and makes fine decisions. That's like that's a kind of a med bet at 18 and then Ryan Rupair also just as a prospect, I don't buy as a top 20 guy. It, it would be a fun fit. I mean, I, I love his defensive mentality out there, uh, at least, and he would fit in Miami with that, but just not a bet I want to make at 18 uh, personally. Yeah, I think I think those are all great names. Uh, one other I'll throw in here, and this is someone who I'll go to bat for sometimes, but I don't love Bobby Clintman here. Um, he could obviously like develop here maybe better than anywhere else, but – I think there's going to be better guys on the board who kind of project in a similar way. And like taking someone like a Bobby over a Leonard Miller would be really frustrating to me. Uh, Coop, is there anyone who stands out to you as a potential reach here? You guys are just uh, stealing all my names. Uh, like we kind of talk, it's kind of hard to like point to a guy and be like, ah, I really don't want to see them in Miami because I, I just believe so strongly in their development team and what they're able to do. And they're just like a great, you know, a, a great program. Like even a guy who I don't super love, like lively, I wouldn't mind here, but I wouldn't love for them to just take like some massive project um, who's going to take forever and they have to do all this work on, but I, I wouldn't hate it. <laughs> right. It's especially at 20, it's, it's really easy for like such a strong development team to justify whatever pick they want. Right. Cause they can, Oh, you can see like with Gigi, I don't love Gigi, but if anybody's going to make Gigi work, I guess it'll be the heat. If anybody's going to make Jalen hood, Shafino work, or if anybody's going to make, you know, some so or so work, it's, it's going to be the heat. Uh, and you already took my names. So you're, you're pissing me off today. Yeah. I, I will say like, I think there are some players they can't make work. We've seen that. And there is still such thing as still like having a draft mistake. Like I mentioned with Precious Achua, like 
that was a bad pick and Tyrese Maxey was on the board and Maxey was just better in every way. And Maxey would have solved a lot of their issues that forced them to eventually, you know, trade for Kyle Lowry and that type of stuff. So like, there's still like bad picks to be had, but I, I do completely understand what you're saying. And that does take us to, this is not a conversation we have about every team because it's not always super interesting, but if there's one team to talk about UDFAs for, especially now with there being three two-way spots, it's the Miami Heat. So Charlie, is there anyone who stands out to you as someone who who could potentially go undrafted where you'd be like, they're going to kill it with the Heat? Yeah, so this cycle, I don't have the best feel for UDF, UDFAs because I just haven't had enough time to to watch, you know, 70 guys yet. But I think this could be a good spot for like a Jalen Clark. Um, you never know if like a Dylan Mitchell falls all the way. I mean, I, I think Dylan Mitchell's probably will end up going top 40. Um, but if he ends up falling... Coleman Hawkins is probably not going to go undrafted, but I'd like to see him in Miami. Um, I think I think that's about all I got. It, it, I would kind of like to see them take a bet on Amoni just because, I mean, who knows if he gets in the Miami um, context, what happens. But, yeah, that's about all I got. Yeah, so I really like – you mentioned Amoni. There's a couple guys who I'm like, take a bet on them as potential as, – as good wing shooters you could potentially make – like electric shooters one of those guys for me and this is someone who i just recently i'll I'll be as i as this pod drops i'll be doing like a little twitter thread on them angelo allegri from eastern washington is just like a really solid shooter who's a lefty and he's really comfortable with like movement both ways he's a good decision maker with the ball not a great athlete but does some stuff defensively that i like he's someone who i i didn't expect to have like a two-way grade on but who I, who I would like here, if Judah Mintz goes undrafted, I'm not the biggest Judah Mintz guy, but again, like I think something this team could use is some springy athletic guards to like kind of boost their transition attack um, and, and give them a little bit more athleticism in the half court. Uh, and I think Judah could really be that guy. And then I, I'll just say like, of course, I love Jalen Slauson. I don't know that he goes undrafted, but if he does, there's no place I'd rather have him. Take bets on guys who can kind of fill that P.J. Tucker role of four, four who's really good defensively, switchable, who can just – hopefully they can hit corner threes and make good decisions. Slauson could absolutely be that guy. Um, Coop, is there anyone who stands out to you as a UDFA you really like? Well, of course, you steal all my names again. Uh Eat shit, Bryce. Uh, you're you're pissing me off. This is one of the one of the times when our c- connection brains doesn't really work. But I I would love Alex Fudge here. Um, I think like Precious was at least solid for them. But I I, I think just a, a big who is really switchy can really just be thrown onto anybody and cause havoc and allow you to run a bunch of different defensive schemes and do what really has allowed them to succeed by keeping guys from being comfortable in the, in these playoffs. I, I think Fudge is a guy who really allows you to do that. He, I think if anybody's going to figure out how to make him useful offensively, it'll be Spo. Even if it's like, oh, we'll just sit in the dunker spot and we'll figure it out around you. I, I think that Spolstra could do that. Uh, another guy who, I mean, just a, another bet on like a super talented offensive wing. Go with go with Julian Strother. Uh, it would be hard but possible for Miami to hide his off-ball defense. But I, I think they could just 
stick him as like a primary defender, keep him in his own, whatever, but just being able to utilize his rim pressure, his shooting, uh, just his elite off ball play next to, you know, their, their rim pressure guys. I don't think he's like a good enough connective passer to like super duper fit here, but if he falls into like the late second, why not go for it? I don't think he'll fall like to UDFA range, but you know, you never know what teams are going to buy a second and, you know, from 45 to 60, that, that shit's basically free. So. Yeah. Uh, the, the last name I'll mention briefly is Muhammad Gay because I, I haven't mentioned him in any of these pods. Um, and he's someone who I'm not super high on as like a draft prospect, but I do think like he can probably shoot and this team is going to develop a shooting. Uh, and then he's, he's more of like a four because the like drop rim protection defense is so bad, but he has run actions that, that, that like the heat run with bam with their DHO stuff. And, those split actions. And I, I think he could potentially step into that and just be like a backup switch, big change of pace guy. So I kind of like that. Um, but that's about all I got. We usually do best case, worst case, but I'm not really sure it's like super worth it to break that down with only one pick. Cause we kind of talked about the best cases. They take Bryce said spa or Nick Smith or Kobe Bufkin and the worst cases. They take Chris Murray or Ryan repair or Jalen Hutchfino or whoever, so instead of that, Charlie, I, I just want to ask you, in general, what do you think about this team's future? How long do you think they can really stay in this competitive range? Because every year it feels like they're done. They're cooked. This is the last year they can possibly be this good. And it just seems like they always find their way back. Do you think that's just going to keep going until it doesn't? Do you think it's a SPO thing? Just and, and do you think like draft strategy is going to play a huge role in that moving forward? Yeah, I mentioned a little earlier how their core of Bam, Jimmy, and Hero all signed through at least the 25-26 season. But part of why I want to take a big bet here, a Leonard Miller or even like a Dariq Whitehead or a bet like that who can really unlock this team in, in the future when Jimmy's not the best player in the NBA. I mean, obviously he's not right now, but I mean, he, he's just been playing out of his mind. But taking a bet on someone who can really, really move the needle for them long term, even if it's in two years or three years or whatever, I don't know where Jimmy's going to be at at that point. I know he's already 33 or whatnot, but that'll just be Bam and, and Heroes Prime. Um, so, yeah, I think draft strategy, it should be all about how can I advance this team and and keep them on this hump rather than going for a role player or, or a less, less big splash. Like try to get somebody who's really going to move the needle long-term um, and, and help guide you until the next phase of this team. Yeah, absolutely. I think I, I, I this was such a, a fun team to talk about, such a, such an interesting team moving forward. Of course they still could, I mean, they could end this season with rings. And then, I, I mean, you're talking about truly one of the teams of the millennium at that point, when you, when you realize just the different iterations of this team that have been championship caliber, championship level, and won championships, it's really, really impressive stuff. And uh, obviously Pat Riley is one of the best to ever do it in this sport. And Spo has stepped into his shoes as a coach while he's moved to the front office. And it's truly a fascinating team to follow. Charlie, we can't thank you enough for, for helping us along this journey let people know where they can find you and, and, and all the great stuff you do. Uh, I don't have much. You guys can just follow me 
on Twitter at C Parker NBA. I'll be dropping my big board over the next couple of weeks um, and hopefully tweeting a little bit more now that the draft's coming up. But yeah, that's it. It's been really fun, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Charlie's great. I love all the all the all the polls he does, the threads he does, everything he tweets. I think he's one of the smartest guys out there. So shout out to him for coming on. Shout out to Coop again out Ali underscore Coop underscore Coop. Uh, I'm at Bryce Hundred Fourteen. Give us a like or review, all that fun stuff. Check out the website. Um, yeah, this has been the Upside Swings to be a Draft Podcast. We hope we are ceiling. Thank you. We'd once again like to thank the people at GlobalShopSolutions.com. Simplify your manufacturing and schedule a demo today at GlobalShopSolutions.com. Thanks again for sponsoring the podcast. Thanks again for listening. We hope we hit our ceiling. Thank you.